I got a message for your American buddy. I'm your wife, damn it! Ah, would have to go up to the wives in the library or the supermarket and say hello. I am new here. I know, George, you think I don't know anything, but I know people. I get 18 years of my life to stand in the same spot as you. You want your file? I found you your file. You want it out? I got you out. You needed money? I found you some. Now, let's face it here. I've got to, you know, latch on to something in my life. Oh, yeah, you blind. No use to try to sweet talk me, Miss Scarlett. I know you ever since I put the first pair of diapers on you. Who was going to love me? Who, who was going to make me feel good? I wish I had a mother like me instead of nice. Nice gets you shit. I got a two-inch thick solo in steak. Sit and defrost and wait this minute. When you and Guy come over and supper with us tonight, what do you say? Hello and welcome to another episode of the Best Supporting Podcast, a podcast dedicated to celebrating and dissecting the performances of our favorite Best Supporting Actresses. My name is Nick Kachanov, and if I had a pair of cowboy boots, I'd just be like, yes, you know? <laughs> and my name is Colin Drucker, and that's the thing about cowboy boots, you can... You can uh, dress them up and make them fancy. You can dress them down and make them casual. That's the magic. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Allison. Velvet. Velvet. The name Vel- Velvet. Velvet Swenson. Uh, so uh, I love that we both uh, had a had a Boots reference today. Um, yes. The Boots are very important. And of course, uh, a, a maybe little known movie, but certainly one very high on my list and a highlight of my 2020 we are here yeah. to talk about some of the fabulous lady and gentleman acting in mm-hmm. Lazy Susan. Yeah, tell us how you found this first, because you texted Amanda and myself, and then we both watched it as well. But yes. it's on Amazon Prime. For anyone who is interested, we'll just like let that be known first. But go ahead. It is on Amazon Prime. I like months ago. I remember seeing, I think, the thumbnail for the trailer on YouTube, and it was. You know, Sean Hayes in in 40% drag, you know, just mm-hmm. like birthday party drag, uh, looking um, very sort of slack jawed, I think maybe sitting in a motorized scooter. Yeah. And <laughs> and I think I watched the trailer even. I don't remember. But th- I was like, OK, this is a thing. And I thought this could either be this might be funny, but oh, this I could also see a world where something like this might not be funny um, and just like not work. And I think I... Mm-hmm. And I don't. I think I was aware that Margot Martindale and Allison, Allison, who is she? Allison, <laughs> who is she? Um, who is she? Who is she? And Allison Janney were in this, but uh, I don't know. It was, I guess, then twenty twenty just continued, and I got distracted. So when it showed up again on Amazon, on Amazon Prime, I put it on my queue. And then you know, one day I took the risk and I I hit play. I think it was sometime like around thanksgiving or pre-thanksgiving or something like that and i just i i i wasn't sure if it was just because i was stoned that i thought it was so funny but i have since watched lazy susan a number of times varying states of sobriety and still I, i only love it more each time i've seen it to be totally honest yeah i watched it twice one under the influence and once yesterday just like you know surrounded with like the leftover christmas cookies and like Mm. a pot of coffee and i was just like let's do this in my bathrobe i felt a little bit like lazy susan to be honest right right (laughs) like squirting ketchup on your stomach yeah oh yes the belly but it's we'll we'll get there too but yeah yeah what a charming great quirky weird 
and funny movie this is. Like, I'm so glad you found it, and I'm I'm so glad we're talking about it too because I. I feel that this kind of went under the radar. Like, my first reaction was like, why aren't more people talking about this? And I know that, like, sometimes there are movies that are great and people just don't chat about them either, too. But I I told, like, everyone I knew about this movie. And some people have watched it, some people haven't, too. It's not necessarily a hard sell because everyone loves Sean Hayes. And then, like, once they hear Alice and Janney and Margot Martindale... I mean, you should be on board by that. Yeah, but. right. At that point, if you're not, then I'm going to just walk away because we have nothing <laughs> in common. Get out. Yeah, get out. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I um, there's something about this movie that it's. It, I mean, obviously, it's it's why we're talking about it today. Is there's I feel like it is it is such a it's a conflation of like everything I think is funny and everything that yes. I look for. I mean, it's. It's directed by a gay man. It's written by Sean Hayes and two women who are both in the movie uh, as mm-hmm. well and who are great. So it's written by a gay man and two women. Uh, it features, like, in terms of the BSA lens, I feel like we almost get we get a great mom role. We get a great sort of Kmart, uh, <laughs> Kmart villainess role. Oh, we, God. We, we get a best friend role. Like, it's... I, I feel like it just it covers the bases of like even even Darlene Hunt's character, even uh, the sister-in-law. I feel like she's such a little like assistant to the BSA in this movie. Even Jenica. Oh, Jenica. I was so worried that I was going to hate her. And right? Jenica rules. She's awesome. She's and I so love funny. Her. Yeah. She's so great in this movie. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Jenica, like the, the name the rare, Jenica. Is yeah, the name Jenica, the rare case of like, a solid child actor who who only adds to the movie. Uh, it was, I just and and all of it that the suburban setting, the um, I mean the apartment all, complex. Oh, I just love that world too. Yeah, I love that apartment complex. I it's so like I the the details of this movie, the nuances of this movie are every time I watch it, there's just so much layered into um, Susan's apartment and how she dresses and. You know how all of them are dressed, how all of them carry themselves. There's just all of these little details, and I, um, it's I don't know. I I yeah. I feel like I don't understand what other people are not seeing in Lazy Susan. You know. Yeah, this is such. You can. I feel like this is another movie too that you can watch and get something. I, not necessarily. You might not get a different. I don't know how to say that. You you will spot different things to laugh at or that are more funny and that that are even more genius. Like the one thing I caught this time around is um, <laughs> what was on the shirt. I can't remember. It was, it wasn't like a Jurassic park t-shirt. Oh, it was like a home alone shirt or something. It was home alone. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. It was home alone. And Susan was wearing that. Like when she started sleeping with Leon and then later, like the very last scene of the movie, he's wearing the home alone t-shirt. Mm-hmm. And I loved that. I did not spot that the first time around. And I thought that was a lovely little like continuation of what their relationship looks like. I mean, Leon is such a catch. He has oh, great arms. Yeah. He's so kind. He plays the piano. He's willing. He, I have so much to say about him, but there's a lot to talk about today, Colin. Where do you want to start? I mean, I, any other thoughts before we dive in? Well, you know, I'll just, for anyone who has not seen this and, and needs like, you know, what is, what is Lazy Susan about? Yeah. The plot is fairly thin. So I think we can get that out of the way early. Cause I sure. wouldn't say this is not a. Uh, this is a bit of a let them all talk situation. It's not really the <laughs> yeah, plot, exactly. you know, it's really the ladies. So 
Sean Hayes plays Susan, who is a woman, you know, probably somewhere in her 30s, I would say, is, is what this character is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, yeah, she lives in this, like, modest apartment complex. I think it's all set in Milwaukee. And uh, she's just... She's a lump, you know. She had a job at a florist that she lost. She uh, she can't keep a job. She can't keep a relationship. The one thing she can do is all these little collages. Like, that's Susan's. You know, and she can do, and she's, like, really good at doing math in her head. And yeah. So, so Susan is, like, lazy and, like, you know, a, a sort of uh, ne'er-do-well, but... There's then these little things like, oh, she's also super creative and she's also really good at math. And so they're kind of like these little act one guns of like Susan is not just this like hopeless lump, you know? Um, Yes. And so, you know, throughout the movie, we we meet her mother played by Margot Martindale and her brother and her sister-in-law and her niece, Jenica. uh, And she eventually meets uh, Phil played by yes, Jim Rash. I'm sure we'll talk about him too. We will. <laughs> who who runs or owns one of those one of those trampoline centers, one of those, yeah. one of those sky zone places. Sure. Have you ever been to one of those? I mean, that was my first question when we eventually talked to that, which is now, so I'm ready. I have never been. I mean, pre-COVID I'd probably feel a little germy about it. And right now I'm like, whoa, I would never step foot in that because it's just kids slobbering. Yeah. I would probably yeah. have to go to that park. I would want to be like the first one there, like the opening day before all the people came in. Mm-hmm. But with that being said, I could probably still be talked into it now. Um, but it seems like it'd be fun. I'd worried that I'd like hurt my back, but I yeah. would definitely like, I would try it out and have some, but I wouldn't want kids around me. <laughs> Right, whatever it is, I do not want to be jumping around kids. This needs to be like a 50% capacity adult situation and I'm early. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that it's really only like 15% capacity. Yeah. Um, I I agree. I've never been to one of those places, but I I would under only those conditions. Yeah, Um, yeah. So we also meet uh, Susan's best friend, Corin, played by co-writer Carrie Aisley. Uh who uh, she, you know, has this little two-lady band with where they play the ukulele and the flute. (laughs) Um, And, uh, yeah, and it's just this kind of glimpse into Susan's life and and this disastrous relationship she ends up having and, um, you know, sort of the awakening of of Lazy Susan. Mm, It really is. I'd say that this movie is, like, one part, like, there's a little bit of, like, Napoleon Dynamite-ish yes. mm-hmm. essence to Susan. And there's also Kristen Wiig's character in Bridesmaids. Like, her trajectory uh-huh. of just, like, not having her shit together and, like, everything just seems to be getting worse. Um, That's interesting. I hadn't thought about that, but there is a similarity to Bridesmaids. Like, it's yeah, even I, in, like, you know, uh, Kristen Wiig's character with John Hamm's character. It's like, oh, like, he's such a, like, sleazebag, you know? Yes, yes. And she doesn't see, like, the good guy right in front of her, like, the whole time because she's right. wrapped up in her own stuff. Right, right. Uh, but, yeah, and I'm, I'm trying to think of, like, what the other parts are. But, like, in a way, this is, like, I feel like this is, like, even though it's not an original sort of plot or like anything like that, it's unlike anything I'd seen I've seen in a while and maybe not ever, but like there was something really special about it. I don't know what that yeah. is. And maybe we'll just, dis- we'll discover it as we go, but, or how it's, to put that in words. I, I think that that's a, it's a good point that there is a, a Napoleon dynamite quality, but it's never 
but like it's it never goes to the point of like oh this is just this is exists in another world like absurdity but, yes yeah yes. like there's this like thread of absurdity but then there's also these like really human moments like i think um you know the perfect example really you know truly one of the bsas of the movie alice and janney who plays uh, sort of a longtime rival of Susan's. They went to school together, so they've known each other for a long time. Uh, Alice and Janney plays Velvet, who at the beginning of the movie, uh, we do meet as an, a Kmart employee and was employee of the month. <laughs> She's an up-and-comer at the local Kmart. And like what I love about, you know, not to like totally jump ahead, but what I, I think what's different about this movie versus like a Napoleon Dynamite is we come to find out that uh, Velvet had also gone on a date with Phil and like knew he was a sleaze bag. And so when you look back on that second scene at the Kmart when yes. she's the manager, it's so much more layered and so much more nuanced than just, oh, Velvet's jealous. And I think that is what elevates this from just like an absurdist movie to something actually like very human. Like the relationship between Velvet and Susan ends up becoming like kind of lovely by the end. Oh, it's so... I want uh like I want a continuation of this. I need like, you know, what happens to Velvet and Susan. Yeah. I, I'm sure they're yeah. gonna be best friends. They're gonna get like matching lunchbox ma- matching boots, you know, like totally. I'm, I'm so glad that that relationship has been rekindled in in some small way and that there's there's hope for the future. And oh, I mean th- we'll talk about that scene because it's so great. It's so good. It's so so that though that's kind of the the world of lazy Susan. Um but yeah. I guess before we get into really the BSAs, I I would actually love to start with Sean Hayes because I think that is... Yes, there's uh, a lot to talk about. Yeah, I think he is, you know, obviously so much of him is in this movie because he co-wrote it and because he's playing Susan. And uh, it's... I guess my question before we dive into this performance is going into Lazy Susan, what was your opinion of Sean Hayes? Yeah, like... Oh, that's a, a such a great question. And I think, obviously, Will and Grace is great. He is, like, a gifted comedic actor. Mm-hmm. And I, I I, think in general, too, it's one of those things where Will and Grace, like, I know there was a reboot, too, but, like, it, it, it's, it was so long ago, if you really think about, like, where we were when that show came out and everything. And there was that Sean Saves the World show with Megan Hilty and Linda Lavin. Yes, um, and yes. And, like... As far as who I got confused with another actress just now, just now, I'm trying to think of someone else that I know passed away. But Linda, Lavin oh, I know what like, Linda Lavin and Valerie Harper. Yes, come uh-huh. on, yes, looped. Yes. I was trying to think of the word looped. I was like, it's somewhere, and I, I know, know. You know that reference. This too. was some kind of like gay twenty five thousand dollar pyramid of like who's oh, the gosh. actress I'm thinking of. It's not Linda yes. Lavin. It's Valerie Harper. Ding 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 ding. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I, as far, and I know he was in on Broadway. He was in Promises, Promises with Kristen Chenoweth. So like he's been working, but I, I just kind of forgot about him. And I think it's more of like an out of sight, out of mind. Like I was, I'm, but I'm always rooting for him. And I think my most recent reconnection is um, Smartless, that podcast with Jason Bateman. Mm-hmm. That like I, I've kind of like fallen in love with him all over again. Like I, I desperately like want to know everything about him now, especially after seeing this, it was kind of just this moment, this Sean Hayes momentum that once I saw this, I was like, yeah, Sean Hayes, uh-huh. like let's get him some more work here. Like I, mm-hmm. I need something for him. And I just also want to hang out with him and his husband, Scott. I just feel like it would be a joy to have like a game night with them or like have some wine and just laugh. 
So that, yeah. there's, there's my, uh, that's where I am. How so about you, you can't stand him is what you're trying to say. So I hate the yeah, guy. Yeah, so you hate the guy. Yeah, okay, yeah. Um, you know, yeah, Sean Hayes, I think, certainly Will and Grace, I think for a lot of folks and, and gays our age, like that he's, you know, the sort of an indelible performance. And it's very easy to be a very 2020 gay and go, oh, Jack McFarlane, it's just such an outdated, you know, gay character on TV. And it's sure. like, oh, why do we have to pee in everyone's Cheerios, you know? Like, not necessary. I think um, I've always kind of recognized, oh, yeah, he's, you know, uh, what I liked is that he would play gay characters on TV. You yeah. know, like, mm -hmm. it makes me think about our conversation about, like, Billy Eichner and Dan Levy and, like, yes. just, I don't know, this kind of, and I think of, like, Billy Porter. Like, I just think of, like, you know, gay actors right now who play gay characters and who are quote-unquote obviously gay and i think that you know sean hayes is a little bit older than the others and so he's kind of yeah. you know a bit of a trailblazer there and i i feel the same way after seeing this is like i want to see sean hayes in more roles um whether he's playing a gay man or a woman because i i feel like he having him play susan versus having a woman play susan i think there was I, I don't know it made it funnier for me and it wasn't just the joke of having a man in a dress it was like sean hayes's actual like you know sensibility i feel like that that slack-jawed face that he makes and just kind of oh, the absurdity yes. of susan that he brings out it's like i it's not that i don't think a woman could do that we have a whole podcast about how women can do that it's yes. just that in this case with this character i'm glad he was the one playing her oh absolutely there there I mean, I'm basically going to repeat exactly what you said and try to add something to it. But it, for all those reasons, yes, it's like this movie would have been totally different if it was a woman, if it was a woman playing Susan. And it, but not necessarily even a bad way. It just would have been a totally different vibe. And I mm -hmm. think maybe that's the. I would love to see maybe the opposite of this. What if there was like a woman, a, like a, a lesbian woman who played a man? You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. what would that look like? Also, it's it's this like it opens up this sort of these options for like what we can and can't play. And I know like it's all sort of this falls under this like umbrella of like the queer community and, and, and what that looks like. But yeah, just tied to like him as a gay man being, like you said, 40% drag is the best way to put it. Like he is not necessarily a beautiful woman, but nowhere in this movie does like anyone talk about that maybe his mother said you need to shave your legs susan that's one of my favorite lines. right um, right but she would say but, that anyway yeah, yeah yeah she would say that anyway like it just it wasn't addressed and it didn't need to be and i kind of loved it for that even more it was just like this is what this movie is we hope you like it right there's never a moment of like "Ooh, you're a really handsome woman there's never any of that it's yeah so the joke is is never really because I read a review that said like oh like the only real joke here is here's a man in a dress and it's like except they never really make that joke in this movie like it's always about you know Susan's choices and her responses to things and and um, you know Sean Hayes's delivery I mean I think uh, I think one of my favorite Susan moments and and one of my favorite moments in the movie and what I think is just these moments in the movie where I'm like, oh, I get what you're doing. And I so appreciate it. It was the scene when Susan sees that Phil is opening a new jump -a -lean. 
And yes. it's just this long shot of her in the car, and it's just a, it's just a face journey in the car, and it doesn't cut until Susan gets all the way into the parking lot and then stops and kind of like bounces forward a little bit with the brakes, like stopping the car, <laughs> and then like flops back against the driver's seat and is just like staring and it's just like what and like just that look and and the whole time we never see the sign on the building we're just seeing sean hayes do this face journey in the car yeah and i i love that like i love that that's what the joke is the joke is not look at sean hayes in a wig you know um yeah it's about like this person and another review i read said oh you know it's not a very like third you know three-dimensional character and i I would say maybe not three-dimensional, but I think more dimensional than she's given credit for. Yeah, I mean, the whole idea is that she is, like, beyond self-absorbed. She's basically, like, a hormonal teenager. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. she's in her car. She's sipping those, like, mocha frappuccinos or whatever they are. (laughs) They look delicious. I want one. Yes. Yeah. Smoothies with, like, the huge straw. Yeah. Um, She's bopping her head to the music. Asking her mom for money. Um, I want... My favorite lines is when they're. It was at the dinner, uh, the birthday party when they say they're all going to Niagara Falls without her. When, uh, I think it was the sister-in-law. She says, <laughs> she says, I thought you were going back to like online school. Weren't you doing that? And she was like, I was. I am. I forgot my password. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost just this whiny sort of like, ugh. I know. Like it's such an adolescent behavior she's never grown up she just like Mm -hmm. she chose not to and i feel like you know this is certainly an 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 absurd like extreme illustration of it but you know the idea is we all kind of know a lazy susan or someone who just never really gets their shit together and just kind of like blobs along in life yeah one of the things that i kind of picture her and this isn't in the movie but you know when precious when she has those like dream sequences Mm -hmm. like it's like almost like susan has this idea of what her life will look like once she gets this once this happens it's like the boots it's like those boots represent so much you know and i'm sure that like even in the like the, the the whole trajectory of like the life of susan it's kind of just the flavor of the week there's been plenty of other things that she has wanted like this and like wastes her money on just these dumb things but like she thinks like that opening line that i said it's like once i i just feel like if i had those boots i'd just be like yes like then my life would start but Mm -hmm. the sad truth is is like most of those things you get it and it's like this you know it's you're you're happy for a couple days and then like you need something else to fill that void too it's like she's constantly searching but she doesn't know that that's what's happening she's not emotionally like intelligent enough in a way right right like she's not seeing the larger picture that like none of these things in her vision board her vision collages are really going to yes. make her happier and yeah. uh and it's and, and it's an unexpected um narrative in a movie that could just be about this like you know they, they could have just played it easy the whole time where like susan never grows and like susan never learns but i i actually like really you know i thinking about you know the uh, her her brother who she hates uh, yes. and sister in law. You know the parents of Jenica. They're they're taking her mother Mary, played by the incomparable Margot Martindale, to mm. uh, Niagara Falls for her birthday, and they're not bringing Susan. And so you know Susan manages to find the money, you know, to get her own plane ticket. She shows up the day of, and she's got all her suitcases. And and then her brother says, "Oh well, do you have a passport?" 
and <sighs> uh, and that moment is such a like it's such a pie in the face like oh stupid Susan like but then what I love is the next scene is them all of them in the car and it's this. It, it's such a perfect mix of like it's just mostly a close-up of like susan like driving in like a <laughs> growing rage as they're having small talk about their trip and yet it's there's something also kind of real about it you're like yeah i'm pissed off too like you the emotional the emotional situation is both funny and surprisingly realistic at the same time so that when she pulls up at the airport and she's like get the fuck out of this car <laughs> it's like <laughs> It's funny, but you also believe it, you know? Oh, yeah. It's it's just genuine emotion. And, like, I love how she, like, drives away with, like, Margot Martindale's, like, bag. She's like, that was my bag. My bag. <laughs> I just think that is, like, I just, I love that moment. I love any moment of just, like, you know, someone losing their shit. Just get the fuck out of my car. <laughs> yes. I would have loved if he circled around and gave her the bag and then, like, right. was speeding away. That would have been, like... I don't know if that was all improvised or what that looked like, but um, it's it's perfect. Um, yeah. Well, sh- should we talk about Mar- Margot? Where do you want to go from here? Like, do you want to start with like? Uh, yeah, let's talk people? about Margot. I feel like you know we haven't uh, we, we've danced around Margot, but we haven't really talked yes. about her her inclusion in this movie. So she does play Susan's mother, uh, who we meet early in the movie when Susan goes to her mother's house to borrow money and. This whole, dare I say, set piece of just Sean Hayes and Margot Martindale in this, like, incredibly detailed suburban home. Yes. Uh, like, just having having a uh, a bickering session that they've had before, uh, you know, and I, I love in particular the moment where her mother goes on about, oh, well, I was I was talking to, to so-and-so about your brother, and Susan's like, who? And her mother says, oh, she's the woman who cuts the chicken at the Jewel Osco. Yes. The specificity, oh, she's the woman who cuts the chicken at the Jewel Osco. Oh, so I brilliant. Uh, and also, the, to add on that, when they say Niagara Falls, we're like, we're going to Niagara Falls, and Margot screams. She's like, the deaf woman at the Walgreens says you can't even look at the falls without getting soaked. <laughs> yeah. The deaf, the deaf woman, woman at, at the, the Walgreens. Walgreens. Like Ugh. I, I think those little like that, those little things. It's like what, what you just you can picture it. You can picture you know Mary at a Walgreens picking up prescriptions and like oh yeah, you know making and making eye contact with the deaf woman and like making sure she can read her lips. Like it's very. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, I can see this life. Um, so she, I mean, I. I I I knew I would love her the moment I knew Margot Martindale was in the movie, but mm-hmm. the moment like she Susan comes into the house and just starts eating chips that are on the coffee table, yes. and then her mother sees her and screams, and then she says, "Who comes into somebody's house and just starts eating chips?" <laughs> and I think I knew at that point I was like, "Oh, this character like we've seen Margot Martindale in a number of like mom roles and yes. like you know like we we've seen her do this before, but." She just seemed to be having so much fun in this role. Yeah, even though like I'm I'm assuming obviously this is all scripted. I I hope they gave them. It feels like improv. It feels right? like the way that they're kind of bickering back. It's a like standard mother-daughter like, "Oh, could you get the humidifier out of the closet for right. me?" Right. Right. Yeah, there's things. no hello. It's just like, "Oh, get the humidifier, get the humidifier out of the closet for me." Yeah. Yes. 
And their relationship is really interesting, too, because I know it's like Margot Martindale is fed up. And like she says things to Susan, like your father couldn't keep a job either. And like your so it's like she but she's still like enabling Susan and like helping helping her out at the same time. It's very interesting to see how that develops. And I think when she's around the brother, she's a little bit more bold to like shut that off or like Mm -hmm. kind of potentially cut him off or cut her off, excuse me, forever because it sometimes it's just easier when you have the support of others in your family that are, you know, honestly telling the truth. Like, we can't support you anymore, Susan. We, we're cutting you off. Enough's enough. But yeah. <laughs> Susan's yeah. reaction to that is what makes it great. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. With Susan being like, I don't know what's happening right now. I'm just I, like, she starts like getting <laughs> yeah, short. She stands up and like yeah. walks around. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's happening right now. Uh, but, you know, I, it's an interesting point is that when, when Susan is alone with her mother, she's able to very easily manipulate her to give her money. And then when they're at the birthday party and it's like clearly her brother has like lectured her mother about this, you know, that we have to we have to cut Susan off. Uh, you know, I, I love that we start to we see there's like these, these sort of quick shots while like Susan and her brother are bickering where you can see that that Mary in her own way is kind of caught in the middle. And I just, I'm obsessed with the nuance of when, you know, the brother keeps saying like, tell her mom, like, you know, we can't, you know, whatever he's saying of like, we can't keep, you know, financing her. And it cuts to Mary and she's sitting in her chair and she does this thing where she like, like fixes like the tag on the back of her shirt and goes, need to get a job, Susan. And it's the fixing of the tag that I was like, yes, no one told Marco to do that. (laughs) Like, that yeah. that's where like nuance matters like it's just there's something about the like whatever she's where she's like either like the back of a necklace or a tag where i just that little gesture just sold it for me yes i agree there's something that her eyes sort of shift away she looks down yeah yeah like she's conflicted yeah mm-hmm. yeah it is and i think the best sort of i i just love this moment too that at the birthday party scene, when, because Wendy is definitely a character. Oh. She, for anyone who doesn't know Darlene Hunt, she plays, I don't know what her name is on Parks and Rec, but she plays like sort of like the stiff conservative, one mm-hmm. half of the stiff conservative couple that just always complains about everything. You know, the gay penguin episode, she was like at the head, she had like the biggest pitchfork, you know, uh, in that episode. Yeah. Um, I think I remember that was like the first time we met her was the gay penguin episode. Yeah. Yes, I believe so too. And always has a pearl necklace. So very much a Darlene Hunt sort of role for sure. But the way that she talked, the way that Wendy talks to Mary is so condescending. It's like, I'm going <sighs> to speak louder to uh-huh. you. Do you need anything? Okay. Yeah. And, and I love that Susan kind of says, like, don't rub her shoulders that hard. She doesn't like that that right. sort of conversation. Because that makes me obviously think that Mary and Susan, you know, bitch about how much Wendy sucks. <laughs> right. I love that there's that connection there, too. Right. Like, I think that there's, like, that's one of the things I also really enjoy about. Uh, and she played Marsha Lang- Langman. That was her character's name. Oh, yeah, name. Marsha Langman. Yeah. Um, is that there are, like, these... Sort of these specific relationships, you know, like the uh, Susan and her brother. I keep just saying the brother, but his character's name is uh, Cameron. Um, Cameron. You know, obviously, like they have a bickering sibling relationship, but then it's not like Wendy. It's not like she also bickers with Wendy. Like Wendy is a little more innocuous, but like is is just kind of out of touch. And 
and yeah, is you know the aggressive massaging and saying, "Oh, it's a it's a privilege to age, Mary, and and you look great oh, for a woman your age, perfect. right?" Yes. Like it's we know who this woman is. Like she, you know, she has a live, laugh, love sign in her in her home somewhere, you know. Uh, yeah, and I love that. Like it does suggest that. Well, Susan and her mother clearly have a strained relationship. Yeah, there's they they can probably at least agree that Wendy's a little too much. Yeah, and sometimes you need that in a strained relationship just to mm-hmm. kind of find some sort of, you know, right. through line connection there. Yeah, something they have in common. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, I mean, if we're talking about Margot Martindale, I think the next time we really see the a lot of her is then at Jenica's communion. Yes. And the moment when Susan and Cameron are fighting in the pew and then it cuts to like Margot like snapping at them. Yes. It it's like it's a flashbulb memory of my own life. Like I have I have oh, been yes. like I just being snapped at in church to stop misbehaving is uh is that's the tea. Like that's yeah, real. Yeah, it's like standard textbook mom behavior too. And the right. father is just sitting there doing nothing. Yeah. Um but I cuz I oh god, I to to like to go further with that, I because my brother and I were altar boys, so uh-huh. if my brother and I were like dicking around up there, or, like laughing about something, you know, the church giggles, if you mm-hmm. were. Um, but she would give us glances from like the pews that could oh, probably wow. like, turn us into stone too, and they would work. But sometimes right. I wouldn't look at her, so uh, <laughs> on purpose, <laughs> right? So we can get away with every anything we want up here, right? Yeah, you yeah, you can't be up here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's great uh, um but, but yeah uh, oh gosh the parking lot her smoking a cigarette yes. it is that's like a 100 too not even like a regular size i feel like it's a long one it's a long one like that's a good she's getting a good smoke out of that and yeah we've talked about cigarette acting before obviously like mm-hmm. melissa leo is a queen um i think there was a lot of it in hillbilly elegy i mean we could you know Sure. Eventually, we can go back and and look at what were the best supporting oh, yeah, the cigarettes. Best cigarette acting. <laughs> yeah, the best supporting cigarettes. The best cigarette yes. acting. Um, this would be. This was. There is like there would be these shots that would just cut back to her just like staring in disbelief at Susan holding the cigarette, and I was like, that's that, that's cigarette acting. That is yes. great cigarette acting in that like. I don't know why like what she's wearing is like exactly what that woman would wear those tan pants and that little blouse yes. like i just knew who mary o'connell was especially like in the church parking lot there's something about like you know cleansing the soul and repenting for your sins and then lighting a cigarette right 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 it's just yeah. great it's a great juxtaposition of you know she's not it's like so many people just go to church because I don't. I mean, I'm not gonna open up the, that can of worms, but right, but Mary's I know exactly great, what you mean. Yeah, yeah, it's it's. I just think that that whole. I do love when Wendy snapped at Cameron, and she's like, "Don't call us people." She's like, "Right," because he says something about like, "Come on, people," or something. There is no that, fail, people. She's like, "I told you, I don't like people." Yeah, yeah. I love that because it gave her <laughs> then like another like then there's another little narrative in there, you know, mm-hmm. of like, oh, Cameron and Wendy have like conflicts. Oh, um, yeah. It, it's just enough Darlene Hunt. It's like I wanted more from her mm-hmm. just because I think she's such a great, you know, Marsha Langman type. But mm-hmm. I, I think it was just enough, too. We we know who she is. Yeah, she was. I thought she was great in this. I mm-hmm. felt like, you know, I even though she she had less, you know, in the movie, I knew who Wendy was just as much. Yes. There's um, this great shot. 
just okay. one more thing about Darlene Hunt. There's this great shot of her on the way to the airport where she's yes. Like, oh, Colin, I was like, I could use like a drama with Darlene Hunt. Like, right. I need. There's something about the way her hair was a little bit disheveled, and she's looking out the window. I was like, put a steering wheel in front of her because I <laughs> am ready. Yeah, yeah I she, need it. I'm so glad you caught that. Yes, yes, I love that moment. That that because that's all in that that crazy you know drive to the airport. Airport drive. Yeah. I love that moment of her just staring out the window. It was like, what's that about? Yes. Yeah. What is she thinking? And now I want to yeah. see some little independent movie where Darlene Hunt plays like a, a conflicted woman. Yes. Yes. Mm. Ugh, yeah. I need that. All right. Uh, all right. Universe. You know. <laughs> yeah, putting it out. Uh, putting it out there. Twenty twenty one. The other thing I think to mention as we leave that the church parking lot scene is that uh, the family is headed to Meatloaf Day at the <sighs> hospital, which is where the movie then goes into this absurdist territory where they're like obsessed with meatloaf at the hospital cafeteria, and it's all very unironic. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I will say the meatloaf looks great. I will say it. <laughs> I I think that there's something you do you. <laughs> It does, Colin. I don't know. I do you not like meatloaf in general. Obviously, hospital food is hospital food, so there's that. But you, I, but I, go, go, go. Yeah. I don't think I like meatloaf. I think I, my, uh, I think my mom made it when I was a kid, and it, it's no fault to my mother's. Uh, but I think just the, there's a texture problem. I think with meatloaf. Sure. Uh, I think just knowing that ketchup is such an important part of meatloaf is a problem. Uh, <laughs> I just, yeah, meatloaf. You know, I like meatballs, and I know meatballs are basically the same thing. Yeah, but... sure, but it's it's marinara, not like ketchup. Yeah. Um, I respect that. I I, I think that you're not necessarily in the minority there. I, I I feel a lot of people would be in agreement. I I I guess more or less I'm I love meatloaf, and the meatloaf looked good. I won't. Uh, I stand by that. <laughs> well, you but... know, yeah, you can join them on uh, Meatloaf Day at the hospital. I mean, that's yes. Uh... I saw the meatloaf, and it looked good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and they looked uh... torn. <laughs> yeah, um, but is I, that what I that think... is? Was that a, I saw the tights and they yes, were ripped? Yes, yes, okay. that was a that was a Mariah Balenciaga reference. That was great. Yeah, um, um, but I I do think that there's something to be said for that, like. A place that typically like 98% of the menu is gross, but they have one good thing that you're just like, oh, yeah. And it might not even be like the healthiest thing, and it might even still be a little bit gross, but like you just go back and get it. And like he works at the hospital, Cameron does. So like I get I could see that tradition starting somewhere because everyone gets like a discount, I'm sure. Right. Even for Jenica's first communion, it's like you guys couldn't go to like a... Uh, you know, a Perkins. Yeah. yeah. Perkins. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like Perkins. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I, I want to talk about Jenica a little bit more too, just while we're on her. Of course. I, I just, I love the relationship with her and Susan mm-hmm. when, when she's opening up the pictures, like when Margot Martindale opens up her birthday card and she's kind of gushing about it. And Susan sits down with like a piece of, I love that she had like a piece of, it seems like she didn't wait for the birthday, like to wish happy birthday. In my mind, Susan like cut a piece of cake before they sung. Like that <laughs> right, right. Make it better. So she sits down and she's like, you're just, so, you're so talented, Jenica. And she's like, thanks. Or she said, you too, Aunt Susan. I thought that was so precious. I immediately mm-hmm. liked her. Yeah, that was, I thought, again, like another smart relationship was instead of having Susan be like, you know, not get along with any of her family, she 
gets along really well with Jenica and like they both validate each other. And I thought, oh, it would have been so easy to have Susan think that Jenica was ridiculous, you know? Um, oh, yes. Like, I hate kids. Yeah. But instead, it's like such a lovely little relationship, like, you know, probably her best relationship in the movie for the most part. Uh, yeah. And, and oh my God, when Jenica is reading that scripture passage to Mary, like, oh God. I died. I just, I, it was just so funny. And I don't remember any of it, of course, but just when then she's like, Peter three, five, five. Like I just, I was like, that is such a little kid about to get her first communion. Oh uh, yeah. And you know that Wendy was like rehearsing that with her. And, mm-hmm. like, being yeah, totally. Tyrant. Right, right. Exactly. Uh, and I just, and I loved Marco being just like grandma in that scene. Like when they give her the gift and then she pulls out the drawing, she's like, oh, look at these. Oh, will you make me a dress like that? Like she's just, it's all the perfect grandma notes. It is exactly that. I'm glad you brought that up too. It's I just like, I want to see Martin, Martin. <laughs> I want to see Margo Martindale's like real grandbabies. I hope she right, has some. Right. Yeah. I have to imagine it's like, it's similar to this. Like she's just... Uh, I was like, this is such realistic grandma acting. Oh, yes. I, I also love when um, after they talk about Niagara Falls and Sh- uh, I keep saying Sean Hayes, but Susan says uh, she's like spurting out facts about Niagara Falls. And Jenica says, I didn't know that. It's mm-hmm. so cute. Yeah. Because it's like and it's also like in that scene, you just want someone to say that to Susan. I'm like, oh, wow, that's interesting. Like, oh, you're saying something valid. And it's interesting that like only the the child in the room is like giving her any validation. Yeah, it kind of makes sense with like my sort of theory that Susan is like really just like a 14 year old girl. You know, mm-hmm. she, it mm-hmm. makes sense. She gets along with Jenica. And of course, we're going to talk about Cor- We're going to talk about spider check. Of course, we have to talk. Oh, about it. spider check. Yes, that we... was just too precious. Um, I, yes. Uh, um, and, you know, and it's uh, I, I like that Jenica eventually, you know, towards the end of the movie, she like comes outside to Susan and, you know, obviously, you know. There's I some am the R girl. word stuff. Yeah, yeah, we're not supposed to say the R word, but they they the R word is used. Uh, but I it's it's also I think done on purpose because yes, you know Susan has this fight with her brother in the in the hospital and says you know they're fighting about their father and she's like you know yeah uh, I don't blame him for leaving I would play I would leave too if I had a family that was as you know R um, word yeah as, as this I, yeah like what's a what's an alternative word for that is uh, I know there's not there's yeah. Uh, but that, and, but then Jenica comes outside and she's like, you know, I know sometimes I think they're, you know, they can be R word dead. And, yeah. and then Susan, like they're talking a little bit and then Susan says, don't say the R word. And, <laughs> yeah. and that... it's a cute moment of like, oh, this is Susan also growing up a little bit. This is Susan yes. kind of like thinking, oh, you know, being a little more mature. And so I think it's, you know, people like out of context someone could go oh like i can't believe they use that word but it's like it's all on purpose like i think this movie it that's the thing i think everything in this movie is very there's so many little details that i think oh all of this is on purpose it's like the comeback it's like all of the details in this are are clearly on purpose yes and it's like just when you're i mean no one should be saying that word anyway but it's said like probably three times within like a three minute five minute like gap too and you're like why are they saying this so many times mm-hmm. and then susan says don't say the r word uh, yeah and it's just like it's funny because it's like she's been saying like it's been said so many times but she's like don't say that it's it's like a realization and also like it's it's 
it's perfect. Yeah. The way yeah. That. It really, I was like, oh, okay. I get this now. This is smart. Um, but, and I, uh, yeah. So I, I love, you know, I, I love just the presence of Jenica. And again, like one of the rare cases where, especially in a comedy where like a child actor can, can keep up. Like she, I don't know for some, like she always just seemed like she was in on the tone of the movie or they just like directed her correctly that Jenica was, she was perfect in this. I, I thought she was so funny. I know. Same. It's like, she wasn't too sweet. Mm -hmm. She wasn't playing that like, like she's not an exact replica of Wendy, which is like what I don't want her to be. Like she has a good head on her shoulders and she's Mm -hmm. kind and, uh, and like kind of gets it. She's like, she's a precocious child, which I, I do like. Yeah, I, mean, I think that that scene from the trailer where Susan's giving her, you know, hair bands and oh, crazy glue from her purse. Yeah. I think it's like what, part of why that's so funny is Jenica's response to it, where Jenica's just genuinely like, oh, wow, thanks. Like it's. Yes. And I think that's like one of the things I like about this movie is that there's this certain tone about it that it's sort of deadpan. It's sort of absurdist. It's sort of slapsticky at moments. Like, I think the fact that it plays so many different ones. Like, I don't feel like I'm just watching um, Adam Sandler in Jack and Jill, you know? Yes. Yeah. It juggles I, so many genres, but blends them all together really beautifully. Yeah. 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 And I think, you know, maybe that brings us then to uh, Susan's friendship with Corin. Yes. Uh, who she's clearly been friends with for a long time. And... What I love about this character is because, like, like, again, it's like finding these people that Susan connects with. And Corin, in her own way, like, I think could have been written as another, like, adult child. And I think she has her, you know, her qualities. But she's also a mother of three kids and, like, a suburban mom. And I yes. love that, like, there's also that nuance of, like, yeah, she's Susan's best friend, but she's not just another Susan. Yeah, she's grounded, but also, like... A little bit she's looking for an escape I mean she's putting a lot of like like you said they have this so their relationship I, like you could tell I don't know if they were friends in high school or how they met like I'm interested in that in, in a small way to, to know what, how that foundation was built mm. but um, like I think the first time we see them is at the playground they're on that like circle thing I yep. was getting dizzy just watching that I would be like enough of this um, I would fall right. off also <laughs> like, yeah no yeah point. yeah and the kids are just like running around and the mom's like, what is that? Where, where's Vivian? Like all, all, all that's like, she's just being a mom, but also kind of giving her some advice. And she's like, I could drive you. Like if you want to apply. And Susan's just like, no. Right. Right. <laughs> well, that's the thing is like, so, so yeah, they're sitting there and they almost look like two kids, you yes. know, just on the, you know, on the playground. And yeah, her kids are running around. She doesn't even know where Vivi is. Uh, and I love my, one of my favorite you know, core nuances is when she's talking about um, the the DJ on the radio, cowboy. You know what's his name? Coyote like, Carl. Coyote Carl. That's a DJ that I'd love to give a BJ, and she does it with these like stupid little hands. And yes. it just it's like Corin is also in her own way. She and Susan are still you know the the high school girls hanging out on the playground, you know, talking about their fantasies of growing up, like. It's interesting how this scene is staged because they in some ways are like, you know, playing out a scene that they had actually lived out, you know, 20 years earlier. Oh, yeah. I I think that there's so much of um, Corin 
like that glimpse of her. I bet like her and Susan, if they were friends in high school, they partied hard. Like they're drinking in the woods or they're mm-hmm. doing stupid things. So they're once they turn 21, they're out at the bar and then she met her husband and then she had three kids and she's just kind of still holding on to that. This is Corin, I guess. And but I like she has a good life. Her husband's a little bit of adult because like it's like the mom always like you know picks up uh what's the word the the pieces of like the family when mm-hmm. the husband's just like i love that they show that though i love when the husband comes in and says like whatever the daughter's name is like she wants another piece of pizza she's like are we out of pizza <laughs> I and love he's like that no scene. and he's like then you open the box you put your hand in and you get her another it, it's perfect <laughs> it's so funny it's, it's great i love that moment you know she in some ways uh, there's there's moments where she reminds me of uh, Cheryl Hines in Curb Your yeah, Enthusiasm. I could see that. Yes, that moment felt like a very Curb Your Enthusiasm joke, of, like because it was so deadpan. She's like, "Oh, we're out of pizza," and he's like, "No." She's like, "Well, then open the box, take your hand, reach in, reach in with your little <laughs> hand, take out another slice and give it to her." Like I I loved just it. It's such like you know, marital humor in a sitcom, but the way that it's played is just still felt very fresh. Oh yeah. And just like the fact that those two teenage boys are like ruining her life. Like they made a planter out of her ukulele <laughs> and they, they took her like Metallica t-shirt or something. Cause they wanted to make some, she's just like standing there in a bra and pants too. When yeah. she's having that conversation, it's just like, that's the life of a mom when like you're raising three kids and just like trying to keep it together and you know have a have a friendship but like i think in a way susan is kind of her escape both like musically and just a you know a little Mm -hmm. connection to the past or who she used to be so it serves it really well yeah i feel like susan and corin are escapes for each other because like you know corin obviously is a little bit more grounded and has a life but yeah like with susan corin can get away from just you know, being in mom mode all the time. And it's, uh, and I, I love it. I just, I, I think that that's, uh, and the fact that the two of them, you know, are co-writers in this there, I feel like informs why this friendship between the two of them feels so rich. Like they've clearly spent a lot of time thinking about who Susan and Corin are. Yeah. I love that their like main song is blister in the sun that they sing. And Sean, Mm -hmm. Sean Hayes plays the flute. And she plays the ukulele and it's, it's bad, but it's like so cute and perfect in a way. Like I, and they think they're really good. It is like a middle school, high school, like they're doing this for the local talent show and all they can really obsess about is like what they're going to wear. They don't really care about like the music. They just want to get famous. (laughs) Right. Well, there's like that great phone call they have before the performance (laughs) when Corn is like, I just feel like my whole life has been leading up to this moment. And it's, it's it's so kind of adorable and like you want it to somehow still work out but like it's just like she fails miserably when susan doesn't show up i know it's like she just needs a win she's in that in that same phone call she's like i've been she's like susan music heals you that's why i've been up since 3 a.m she's like i just don't know what to wear she's like but you know what i think we can maybe get there early Maybe we can get a bratwurst and then we could just like run it a bunch of times until it's time to go on. So I just like, I loved that whole yeah, <laughs> monologue. It's almost, right. It's almost as if the two of them are doing a pen 15 and they're both playing 15 yes. year old girls, you yes. know? Yes. Because it all reads that way. Like I love when Corin says like, oh, we have to match like Destiny's Child. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 
it's so great. And I, you know, I, I also, I love that, um, there's elements of Corin's relationship with her husband that we see like when they're trying to think of a name for their little band. And I love when he says, I don't know. And then Susan goes, the, I don't knows. But then he says, I don't know. How about a uh, ukulele and the tramp? And then, you know, she tells me, you know, go rest your mouth. And then Susan yeah, says, like, oh, I kind of like get that. Get out of here. Get out of yeah. here. And then Corin's like, yeah, I know I do too. I just don't want to give it to him. <laughs> oh, I know. I love that. <laughs> and my favorite is that at the end they have that like, great little scene on the couch together where she's like oh did you get a haircut i love your little ears like (laughs) yeah and the way he kind of like softens and gets like almost like a little it's really cute and then so cute yeah Yeah. and then they say and then she says you want to get high oh no he says that to her maybe no she says you want to get high and he says do you have some and she's like i do and (laughs) it's just nice to see like it's such a great last note for that relationship of like because we see them just like struggling, you know, with these kids and just, you know, the the strife of marriage and, and parenthood. But it's I like that the final note for them in the movie is like this reconnection where she's like, oh, I love your ears. Let's get high. And it's it's. Uh, yeah. Oh, it's perfect. While Susan's taking care of the kids. Upstairs. Yes. And, yes. And Corin even has like a glass of red and she's just hanging. I, I love that. Oh, and I guess it sort of suggests like. Susan like I love that there's a narrative there of like oh Susan is actually helping them you know and like yeah and she can be trusted with kids I think yeah yeah um which of course brings us to spider check oh lead us in Colin spider check is is the most charming moment in a film I've ever seen (laughs) like it's (laughs) so uh Corin's you know little daughter is probably like two or something Vivi uh I guess they have to do before she goes to bed like you know, looking under the desk, no spiders here. Checking oh. in the closet, no spiders here. And she's like, Susan, look under the table. <laughs> I know. <laughs> this little girl. This little is girl is so, so cute. <laughs> she almost reminds me of the little girl from The Help. Like, oh, uh, yes. Uh-huh. The one who like uh, like bangs on the window at the end when Violet Davis leaves. Yeah. The infamous gif. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Mm. It's so cute. And just like, I... I just love because you know this girl doesn't know anything about what's really going on like that she's in a movie she's just really mm-hmm. responding to Sean Hayes dressed as a woman checking mm-hmm. for her spiders in this imaginary bedroom like I just love that she has and that she calls her Susan yeah because like, then Susan's like oh look what I found a tickle spider and then she starts tickling her and she's like Susan <laughs> It's and you know it's a little kid. There's only so much you could like script or direct that. So I agree. It just feels like this is this great moment of like Sean Hayes being a clown making this kid laugh. Oh, it was just great. And I'm sure like they built up to that too. I'm sure. I'm 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 positive Sean Hayes is good with kids. Mm-hmm. And I just love that this was like an extension of that that we got to see on film. It was yeah. so lovely. It was so good. I just I was like you can't. You know, say what you will, but anything else in Lazy Susan, you won't come out of the the spider check check scene without like loving it a little. I bit. know, just grinning like a fool. It's yeah. really cute, and I love how like at the door when when Corin's like, "You want to do spider check?" I love that it's a common thing. You know, like yes, it's they have a couple moments like that where there's a suggestion of like like the you know the DJ want to give a BJ and like things they've said for a while, like when they're in the kitchen talking about the the you know the radio opportunity and she doesn't have a shirt on. And when Corin says, you know, so long story short, and then Susan says a short story long. And you know that like, yes. we never hear them say that again or before in the movie, but you know that it's a bit that they do. And yes, 
that's so smart to like just give us a hint of oh they've got running jokes yes yes is that is it corin who says i don't know if it was with corin or with bill Cor. oh i think it's when corin says that they got the spot in the lineup for like the coyote mm-hmm. i was at coyote ugly a coyote <laughs> carl thing she said guess what and and then susan says is it about me or you yeah is it me or you yeah. <laughs> it's so good but I, I going back to spider check too like i love that that is when because you could see corin sort of like acquiesce and like really think because like she's still mad at susan and i think that but enough time has passed and i love that the way that the relationship is sort of like repaired in a way or that argument kind of gets snuffed out is by Susan doing something to help Corin, mm-hmm. like, to, mm-hmm. like because like that's honestly what she needs the most is just like a break from these fucking kids, so she can sit on the couch, have a glass of red wine, and like you know, talk about her husband's ears, and then like get stoned. I love that. Yeah, yeah, it's it it's such a these little act of like, service. Yeah, and I think that yeah. those moments towards the end of the movie are. I mean, dare I say nuanced because like they're they're such sort of simple resolutions and not only not even complete resolutions. Like we see, you know, that she's mended things with Corin and like, yeah, she can kind of help out or be a bit of an adult, you know, and pitch in. And then with her family, it's like she doesn't they don't all kind of like they're not happily ever after. Like she has that great scene in the cafeteria where she, you know, has that speech of like, you know, uh, it, it sucks that you never told me you know, that I was awesome, even if I wasn't, you know, and, uh, and I know you think I'm so much like dad, but I actually think I'm more like you. It's something I'm working on. And, and then she leaves and of course, like trips over like the leg of a table. (laughs) Yeah. She bumps into a chair or something. (laughs) Yeah. Bumps into a chair. But instead of being like, oh wow, it's a new Susan. Like her mother says, oh, well, at least she didn't ask for money. And I, I just thought, oh, isn't that interesting that like with Corin and with her family, she she doesn't like everything isn't all back to normal, but we see like levels of resolution. And I think yeah, like in a movie, yeah. Right. And in a movie like this, like they don't have to make as nuanced of choices as they're making, you know? Yeah. I was kind of sad that that's how Margot reacted. Not that I wanted her to like chase Susan out into the parking lot. Mm-hmm. Maybe nothing being said would have been better, but sure. That's like, yeah, I, I was like, Oh, come on, Margo. I just wanted Margo to be like on Susan's side again. Yeah. I, I, I certainly felt the same way. I wanted, I wanted that to be more, but I appreciated that they didn't do it. Yeah. But maybe she would have that talk later with Susan privately when Cameron isn't around because she mm-hmm. acts a little bit more different, more different. She acts a little bit different. She acts differently is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It suggests that like the next time Susan comes over and they're alone, it might be a different conversation. Yes, exactly. Colin, is it time to talk about Jim Rash? It is time to talk about. I can't believe that we went. I know. This I long. was looking through my notes and I was like, "Whoa!" Right. So but... Jim Rash, who plays uh, the, you know, Act One into Act Two love interest, Phil. I know you have strong feelings, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, hand the floor to you here. Yeah, I mean, I texted Colin. I was like, look out, Stanley Tucci, because there is a new gal in town. Mm-hmm. And his name is Jim. Like, there is, this is like perfect. I, I don't know Jim Rash. For, I know of Jim Rash. Sorry, to, to start this. Um, I know he's in Community, and I know he's played like, uh, he's been a, he's been in the game for a while as far as just like, oh, it's that guy. One of those things. So 
I knew who he was. I was like happy to see him. I was like, that's cool. But there is something about like the mustache. There is something about the aviators, the way that he's dressed, like even mm-hmm. like that, like the light wash jeans and, you know, the kinesiology tape on the shoulder. Oh, <laughs> oh God. And his voice is like so deep and like masculine and man i was like turned on by him the entire movie and i know he's such a sleaze bag too but i i bought it and i am i really had to like take a cold shower after this (laughs) i was so into him and that's how i'll start out i don't know i was just really into him yeah, I mean, you were having a, a, a gym rash breakout all over. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You need some calamine for this rash. Yes. I, uh, yes, I, uh, I was not really familiar with him before this. I'm sure I've seen him in things. He seems like, you know, someone who transforms in roles. But I agree, yes. the voice, the sort of, it's, it's, it becomes, we come to realize you're like a false bravado and like, yeah. you know, is he thinks himself, you know, much higher than he really is. Like when you think about it, it's like, you know, he bragging about the, you know, pulling out his, his shoulder, tossing a keg for a charity in college. And yeah. like, but like you put the pieces together. It's like, he's the manager of a, like of a jumpoline. He drives yeah. that huge truck. He's always wearing those aviators. He's, uh, you know, he sounds like he's read like the art of you know of picking up you know chicks. The art of seduction. Yeah, yes. yeah. He's read an ebook on how to pick up ladies, uh, and it, and it, and it kind of works. Yeah, and it's it and it's working does. for me, and it's working I mean, for me. Like this could go 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 go. Oh, well, like when they it. have the when they have the you know the date when he brings over the check and then they have dinner. He's like. Yeah, there's a charm about him. There's he's I guess it's cuz he 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 validates Susan when no one other than Jenica or really Corin will validate her, you know. Oh. The way he says, "Wait, Susan, you did this?" It's amazing. <laughs> the way that he's like I I had I swooned. I really did. And then he and then he said and he says, "Susan, you're amazing." The way like the conviction in his voice like Anyone could fall for it. Anyone right. could. I did. Yeah, <laughs> I fell for it. completely. Well, and I, one of my favorite little moments, and I don't, I have no idea if this was scripted or was meant to happen, but it's after they are at Kmart and they go back to Susan's apartment and he's got to go to work and he like puts his hand on her cheek and he's like, you know, saying sweet nothings. He's like, and then he goes to turn and he's like, oh, I have something for you. And she jumps and he goes, oh, are you okay? And I don't know if that was improvised or if it was like a blooper that they kept and played with yes 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 but it's this like micro moment of like what was that like because what i mean the what i read into it was like you know when you're with someone who's like who is actually a slime ball you kind of know um subconsciously before you know consciously and so like you don't realize you're kind of on edge around that person until all of a sudden you realize you know oh god like i'm very much on edge and it just felt like one of those little moments where like susan's kind of jumpy with him for some reason yes i caught that too and he and he like he responds perfectly Mm -hmm. he's like oh you okay and then she's like yeah and then he then he goes to pick up whatever yeah yeah, I just I love that I I love that little moment. Uh, but then I mean I think uh, all of this bringing me bringing us really because we're we're on this podcast together to uh, the scene at the 
at wherever he's at the you know i don't think it's a jumpoline i think that's the new place but we'll just keep calling it jumpoline yeah i like it that yeah yeah uh when she goes to the jumpoline to bring him lunch and discovers that he is in fact married with a child, with a with a to a pregnant woman um i don't know if he had any extra other children but um maybe maybe he did yeah i think my, there might have been one or yeah. Two. yeah yeah but I love, I mean, that I think is my favorite moment in the movie is when Susan gets there and, and that, that guy behind the counter is like, oh yeah, there he is over there with his family. And it, and Susan turns and I just love how her face, like the, it, it all kind of slows down. Her face drops. The music has that like, that like tribal music starts and she like, <laughs> she drops the bag. Like it just... It's, it's so dramatic it's and so stupid dramatic. And I love it. It's so stupid. And he and it's the first time we see him without his aviators on and he just kind of yeah. shrugs at her like, "Oh, eh? yeah. What are you going to do?" Uh, but then she picks up the bag. <laughs> <laughs> And, start, and throws it at him and just then this kid runs by and it socks her in the face. <laughs> it's a bag and, of meatloaf, too. Yeah, a bag of meatloaf. meatloaf in it. <laughs> And then I just, I love the moment that gets created of like, there's like, clearly like, there's like Two one woman going on. Yeah. Yeah. There's one woman who comes over and comforts her. Like another woman walks over. Like, I love that it creates this little scene and then she runs away and it's, I don't know why that is for some, the fact that like, what made me laugh the hardest the first time I saw it was that the second woman was coming over to comfort the kid. And I don't know why I think that's so funny, <laughs> but it was just like another detail. Like they yes, just like, there yes. was just more details, you know, it's perfect. I, I also love that so much too. And so unexpected. And yeah. it's like a really a, a sort of dramatic moment. Like you feel so bad for her. Did when did you know right away that Jim Rash was like a con man, a sort of Harold Hill, snake oil salesman? <laughs> I did not. I did not know it was going to happen because I thought, oh, maybe she's finally found like her, Same, her, yeah. you know, you know, fellow oddball in this world. And so I did not know it was going to happen. And um, I, uh, looking back, I'm like, oh, of course, of course, this wasn't going to work out. But you know, yeah. Uh, one of the other quotes I just remembered was when they're on their date and they're like eating at at Susan's place or whatever. And she's, or he's like, she does math collages and helps burnt children. Like, <laughs> and is that when she does that thing? She like turns her head away and then turns yeah, it back. She's at like, him. well, it's like all demure. She's like, it's true. <laughs> yeah. She does that little hair toss. Oh my God. And, and the thing about him as well. And, and it's definitely in that scene and in another one later, like Phil's bravado is like the way he he like walks backwards towards the trampoline and as if he's like come on baby let's fly like he's so just like yeah pumped up and then he does it later when he leaves the apartment after she's invited him to the communion and he's walking away backwards he's like um yeah i love families and then he like opens the umbrella and then he and he like spins and he sees the other woman like the neighbor walking by and he goes sup and just walks away <laughs> and i'm yes. like who do you think you are right now i love like like it's i i get what he's doing i yeah. i know who this man is you know yes it's like he should it's the vibrato that like vibrato bravado <laughs> <laughs> It's like it's instead of like a Freudian singing, slip. That's like a gay. It's a gay yeah. Freudian slip. Yeah. yeah, that's the gay version of uh, bravado. It's called yeah. bravado. <laughs> yeah, right, um, right. 
Because, like, I feel like this should be, like, a John Hamm, like, type of character. Yes. Jim Rash. But Jim Rash is so sexy in this role. And he's in, like, he's an openly gay man. Unlike Stanley Tucci, where, like, no one knows. But he's mm. married, and he's just, there's, like, this, I don't know, we all secretly hope, I guess. I just love that he's an openly gay man who played this role. And I did not I know sort of, he was gay yeah oh. so oh. it's yeah so you can sort of like lust after him a little bit more there's something that kind of elevates that's the first thing i did like as the movie was happening i typed in the google is jim rash gay and right right wow oh i uh well well gosh this i this changes everything i um, know i know i honestly for me a lot of it was the mustache i love a mustache mm-hmm. i just really that's like something that i feel because it, it should have been cartoony with, like, the aviators and, like, everything that he was giving me. But, like, I think the voice kind of brought me in. I was yeah. I was sold. I was sold. Yeah, I agree. <sighs> I, the voice. Oh, just the... God. I'm just thinking of when he first meets Susan at the gym. And he's like, oh, you, you almost done with that? And she, like, goes to hand him her old smoothie. <laughs> and she's like, well, here, do you want it? Like, it's... And it's, then he's like, oh, no, the bike. And, and she, like, pretends to be, like, cooling down. And he says, oh, you got a good you got a good burn in there towards the end. Like, yes. He doesn't question her either. It's so weird. Yeah. I love it. Uh, I think that does bring us finally, I think, to really talk about Alice and Janney. Yes. Uh, who I, I mean, there's so many, you know, best supporting performances in this. And. Uh, real. I love. I mean, I just love this movie. I love everybody in it. And it's like if I had to choose, if I had to say, but who is the BSA of this movie? Who is the best supporting actress of Lazy Susan? I think ultimately for her function in the movie and for just like so many moments and just so much about it that I love, it has to be for me Alice and Janney as Velvet. Oh yeah, it's just. I mean, it's just because Alice and Janney is Alice and Janney and like Kmart and like the like this sort of rivalry. It has it's the perfect recipe for everything that we love. Yeah. And she does a little bit of what Phil does, especially in her first scene of like, you know, the false bravado of like, oh, yeah, I just got back from Cancun with my sorority sisters. Yeah. I love tulips. Yeah. They're me and my boyfriend's favorite flower. Yeah. No. Yeah. I I think I should check my phone, too. Like, I just got mad. I just got made employee of the month. So, like, I'm getting a lot of calls. Like, it's. Yeah. I'm waiting for a call from Jackie Minns. (laughs) Oh. Jackie Minns from high school. That moment, and she says, yeah, she does my hair. And she, like, touches her scalp when she says, oh, yeah, she does my hair. She colors my hair. Ah, uh, that's one of my other favorite nuances is when she touches her scalp and goes, yeah, she colors my hair. Um, <laughs> and, oh, the other great moment is when, you know, they're talking about the boots and then, you know, she says, oh, this scooter, like this is normally for, you know, uh, is this your scooter? So I guess these aren't your stackable bowls. And so she gets in the scooter and she says, okay, what size are you? And then Susan says, I'm a nine. <laughs> and then Velma goes, I'm an eight. And then just drives away. And the timing on I'm an eight is is impeccable it's perfect i this is a side note about those stackable bowls she ends up not getting them from her mom for her mom yeah i guess that's right she it's it's another art project as she says i Um, know yes but um that that was just like a side note and i didn't realize until the second time around i don't know how i missed it but allison janney is wearing like those boots yes yes she's wearing the boots yeah 
Um, yeah, boots are great. They make your legs look really long. Like it's it's like so Alice and Jenny needs that. Like, right, are... <laughs> right, right. But it's so two girls in high school again. You know, like yes. it's. I feel like they are interacting the same way they did. You know, twenty years ago. Um, but then, yeah, so we see her in that first great scene in Kmart, and then the next time we see her is again in Kmart after Susan has met Phil, and Velvet has become, you know, the manager. And uh, and it's, again, like as I said before, understanding, seeing it again, understanding that Velvet had fallen, you know, for Phil's trap as well. Yes. That scene is just so smart. Like, the way that she's like putting in those little inserts, the little sales inserts and like watching Susan. It's like, there's so many notes being played here that it, the movie didn't have to be this nuanced, you know? Yeah. I love looking through that the second time around to, like you said, everything that she, it's she, you could, especially, I love that she's putting those like sales tickets around everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. I love that she's just like kind of shoving them kind of like angrily, but like she, they're not close enough for her to say, even if, even if she did say like, like just between you and me, like you should stay away from Phil because mm-hmm. he's a sleazebag. Like Susan wouldn't hear it. She would be like, "Yeah, right. You're just jealous, you know." Right. I'm I'm having like the time of my life, and we're in love. <laughs> right, and you know that would have been like a familiar script note. Like I've I could see that happening of Susan being like, "Oh, you're just jealous." Like we've we've seen that before. And the fact that the movie instead chose to make that all sort of non-spoke, you know, non-verbal and an unspoken conversation yes. was like even better. I love that we don't ever see like uh Velvet's truth till till the end, you know. Yeah, and really it's not it's a rivalry of sorts, but it's also that the other person wants to be the other person and they just haven't like set it up. Like, I thought you were perfect. No, I'm jealous of you. Like you're mm-hmm. the one who has this. And then, but really they're the same people. It's like, and I think that's proven further by when she actually sees Susan on the news. Spray yeah. Painting. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I love but, that, like that we get like two shots of velvet in her apartment and there's so many details. In that I apartment. know. I like wanted yeah. to pause and just yeah. like take it all in, but she ends up bailing her out too. Mm-hmm. Like there is, you wouldn't do that if they were like arch enemies, I guess. Like she would laugh, you know what I mean? Like she would just be like, Oh, saw you on the news. I love the line. I noticed this the second time around where she was like, I saw you on the news or something like that. And <laughs> Susan says, I was on the news. I was on the news. <laughs> because she was so fucked up from like right. that bottle of vodka she didn't even know until weeks later. I yeah. love that. Well, and that scene, because then that leads to the last scene where after Susan's getting her shit together and she goes to get a job at Kmart and she's doing the interview in like, you know, the the back manager's office with Velvet. And, oh, that's great. Um, and I love that when Susan asks like, why did you post the bail? And this is like such great delivery from Alice and Janney. She's like, I don't. No, I like I love that. I love mm-hmm. that it was like I don't I, I don't know, but I know it has something to do with the fact that I I know that it's something about Phil. Like I love that that it was not quite defined and then Susan was like, you know, oh, well I'll pay you back and then Velvet just kind of like does that halting hand like money well spent. And I, yes. Uh, it was and Susan has this like small grateful smile and I was like this is I I fucking love this. And this is after, because this is a pivotal moment when Susan does admit like, oh, I've always been so jealous of you. And you were in that like Mattress King commercial. <laughs> Velvet <laughs> slams the filing cabinet closed and turns and says, you saw that? And 
it changes. So she immediately transforms. Oh my God, you saw that? (laughs) Yes. Oh, and it's just, it's such a great moment where you do realize that Velvet and Susan are very similar. And uh, of course we come to find out that, you know, Velvet, uh, yeah, she does not have a boyfriend and the flowers are that, you know, are in her office are from her mother and, you know, she fell for Phil's shit. And I just, it's, you know, I think in terms of like relationships between women in a movie, it's so funny that they're having such a um, what I feel to be like a very real moment between two women, and it's Sean Hayes in forty percent drag, and Alice and Janney in like one hundred and twenty percent drag, drag. Yeah. Yeah, Kmart drag. <laughs> yeah, it's it shouldn't work as much as it does considering oh, the setting. It's you know, a beautiful moment, and yeah. then like right at the end, she says like you'll be hearing from us or like uh, I'll, we'll, you'll be, we'll be calling you in a couple of days. I just love that there's hope. Yeah. It's a, just it's to get just a job. great, yeah. To get a job at Kmart, which you know, for Susan is huge. Uh, and, and we kind of have the assumption that Susan and Leon, uh, have, uh, have also found love. Yeah. I mean, back to Leon for a second too. Like he's just so lovely. And I like it also takes on that whole like Napoleon Dynamite vibe whenever Susan doesn't wake up. He's mm-hmm. like, you... I wish he would have just told her like, I need, I'm, I'm in trouble. I need my medicine from the car. You need to get it now, or I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna like die or pass right, out. Right, right. And that like he passes out in like the courtyard, and like the she's still sleeping. But in a way, it like the tone of the movie sets that up to for it to like to, for them to get away with it i guess like to mm-hmm. make it a funny moment rather than like oh my god she's so terrible like it is terrible right but, uh, but it's also yeah. an awakening for her of like oh i didn't even know and like that kind of you know spurns her into action to bring things to leon in the hospital and i i love that she brings the keyboard and he goes oh cassie i love that he named his casio keyboard cassie yes and he told her like the worst dad joke ever, ever. and like she just like laughs i and it's yeah. exactly what what she needs it's yeah. exa- like just someone to take care of her who like adores her and that like she is starting to like see it i guess because it's been right. there the whole time it's been the whole time he's been folding her laundry the whole time and yeah. and there really is even in that apartment complex it feels like there's this lovely little community like they're they're all they all seem like kind of nice people it's not again it's not like they all reject susan they're all like making conversation with her when she comes out you know yeah they're all really nice and she's like mostly the grump that doesn't want to like hang out because she yeah. feels like she has something better to do so I yeah it feels like, oh, at the end, like, not only would Susan potentially have, like, she's, you know, maybe going to work things out with her mother. She's got a job. She's got, you know, a new love interest. But it's like, oh, Susan has a little community. Isn't that nice? Yeah, it really is. I think that Susan just kind of walking out the door wearing the Attention Kmart Shoppers t-shirt and the mm-hmm. skirt. She looks like a, a carbon copy of Alice and Janney, and I love that. Yes, yeah, she has way too much makeup on, but it's like she's feeling her oats, and uh, and then, of course, her car doesn't start. Like which is I great. know, it's <laughs> yeah. perfect. And I, I hope that, like, Alice and Janney joins, like, the group with, like, Corin, and they all go get drinks, you know? Like, I, right. I want that three... That threesome of friendship to to bloom, right, right. Because I'd I'd imagine that Corin knows Velvet as well. Like they all went oh, to school yeah. together, you yes. know. Um, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, this was uh, oh, what a lovely movie. I mean, and I'm so glad you liked it because obviously I came out guns a blazing about Lazy Susan, and it really is in my <clears throat> top ten. Could move up higher, but 
solidified in my top 10 favorite movies, which is a lot to say. Yeah, that's a big one. Yeah. Oh, I love like, that, though. It is it is so much. I mean, like, the music is great. The, the the production design is incredible. Like, I love that. The Susan's costumes. Like, I love those ugly track jackets. I Yes. I think there's is great. Yeah. I, I think it's there's so many little details to this um, that I think are so smart. It has great child acting. It has great lady acting. You know, uh, it's got scenes in a Kmart. Like, I don't know what more yeah, to say. It's <laughs> it is so great. Yeah. If, you, yeah. if you're not interested in the sentence, Alice and Janney plays a manager at Kmart, like, right. and she's kind of the villain of the movie, like, get out. Yeah, I don't know why you're get listening out. to this podcast. <laughs> yeah, get out. <laughs> um, well, and, and what a great way, what a great final BSA to queen out about in 2020. Yeah, uh, I think it's a proper proper yeah. send off to yeah. 2020 yeah i don't know what we started the year with but i think this is a good high note to end yes. on um well of course we're not completely done because we have one more segment which of course is our bsa of the week uh where we queen out on uh a performance or an actor or a food or a song or a thing or anything in our lives that is acting as the best supporting actress of our lives this week uh, so what's, uh, you know, what is for your consideration this week? Yeah, I have two sort of nominees or mentions and then a formal, a former, I can't talk, a formal <laughs> BSA of the week here. Yikes. Um, one is that Rosie O'Donnell is on TikTok, Colin, and I don't know if she's popped up for you yet, but it's great. Have you watched any of them? I have not. No, that's, uh... That I have heard that she's on TikTok, but I don't know what that looks like or sounds like. It's such, a, I think that like Ryan O'Connor from Lady Watch, I don't know if it was on his Facebook status or maybe it was like an Instagram thing, but like he was just, he wrote like this sort of like op-ed about like how like Rosie on TikTok is like exactly what we need and like sort of the right platform for her to kind of like get back into the public eye. She, I mean, who doesn't love TikTok, but like she really loves TikTok and she has this like sort of send off every time she goes tick tock you don't stop she does this sort of like cigar waving <laughs> 1940s like i don't know big shot sort of thing it's great and like she doesn't it's just a lot of reacting like people are like a guy made her like this rosy like from a tv show rosie o'donnell mug uh, like handmade mug and he's like i hope she sees it and she did and she like uh duetted it and stuff it's really just like a lot of fun and she pops up every once in a while on my tiktok so check it out rosie all right well now that i'm finally on tiktok i will go and follow yes. and i can actually like you know i can i can do more than say well maybe i'll maybe i'll download tiktok yeah sometime. Yeah. yeah um Two other things that um, one Keanu and I just started watching yesterday was the Queen's Gambit on Netflix. Okay, yeah, that's been on my like should I list it's for great. a while. Uh, okay, it's really great. Um, I'm pretty hooked. It's it's like a solid pilot too. Like I was really into it. Um, and it's about chess, which is great. And it made me want to play chess. Like I know how to play chess, but. It made me like appreciate the art of chess uh, more. It made me want to like go. I don't think we have a chess set at home, but um, made me want to play chess. So a uh, high recommend for that. I've only watched one episode. Um, and then the other thing that Keanu and I watched, Colin, was Bridgerton. Oh, the new the the Shondaland yeah, period Shondaland piece. Period mm -hmm. piece, which um, I meant to talk to you about it last week and I forgot. So I I will say, I know this is like potentially not made for a Colin Drucker type, but um, mm. I'd say 
to watch it. I'd say there's a lot of like great sex scenes in it. Like the guy who plays the Duke is so hot. Everyone's beautiful. Like it's funny. There's a lot of like people in color, people of color that are like the core cast, which is like great to see. And no one's like questioning anything. It's just like mm-hmm. is, which is a great sort. I mean, it's it's like everything we expect from Shonda Rhimes. So it's it's lovely to see that. Um, but I really, really liked it. It's cheese. It's like drama. It's great costumes, uh, beautiful men. And uh, I we we both really loved it. I know like a lot of people are talking about it, too, but um that's just uh, all I'll say. There's no pressure for you to watch it, okay. but I, I really, we really enjoyed it a lot. I'm thinking of those those ball scenes in Pride and Prejudice and how overwhelmed I got, and I'm wondering if that's any indication. Yeah, it's like it's it has uh, it's kind of like Pride and Prejudice meets like Gossip Girl. Like I don't know if you know the whole. Okay. Like, yes, I'm yes. Yeah. So mm-hmm. someone's talking about all of them. So like there are ball scenes, but there are things going on like conversations happening like in the wings and sort of other places that are that will get you through it. But I will say if you watch the pilot, you will probably be bored because we were waiting for something to happen and there's not that big like, whoa, at the end of the episode. Mm. It's just like a lot of character development. So that's my only sort of word word to the wise, I guess, if you do decide to watch it. But um, that's it made it made us really happy. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, that's a you know, uh, um, at least a, a not a negative review. Yeah. It's a, yeah. It's a it's a stick with it. Uh, yes. Kind of review. Okay. Um, and then my BSA of the week is from a movie that is on Netflix called Jingle Jangle. Have you heard of this? I have, and I don't know anything about it, but I know that it exists. Oh, it is magic we watched it i think on christmas uh, maybe not christmas eve maybe like the 23rd and i had wanted i had wanted to sort of see what it's about it's like visually it's like stunning it's like there's it's almost like this steampunk christmas vibe um Hmm. like an all-star cast of people um felicia rashad forrest whitaker anika noni rose who was in dream girls she didn't play it wasn't beyonce it wasn't jennifer hudson it was uh it was laurel Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Peggy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and Peggy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. At the end, Peggy. Yeah. Um, uh, Keegan Michael Key is in it. He seems to be popping up in like all these things lately, uh, and I'm happy to see it. And it's a musical too, and the music is incredible. It's kind of Hamilton esque, and but it's also like really beautiful and the perfect sort of like. It's definitely made for kids, but like I think it's. Like, Keanu and I want to start watching it, like, every Christmas. Like, it's definitely one of those, like, tradition movies. Like, oh, let's watch Jingle Jangle. And there is a woman named Lisa Davina Phillip in it who is just, like, steals the show. She plays this, like, oh, gosh, this, like, flouncy sort of, like, woman who's in love with Forrest Whitaker, but he's just, like, a grump. And she has this, like, amazing number. and But she's also, like, this, like strong feminine like independent woman she like delivers the mail and it's she is incredible she is like the I, I shouldn't say the only reason to watch it but like you will walk away like she's a star she is without doubt uh like i want to see her on like 60 more things she was like mm-hmm. the oda may brown understudy and ghost the musical in 2012 if that like oh, wow. puts any sort of frame uh-huh. of reference for the type of character she can really handle and there was this charming interview that I watched on IMDb, I think, her talking about her character, and I just fell in love with her. Lisa Davina Phillip. I love you. 
All right. All right. Well, that's, you know, that's how you sell something. Like, oh, there's a woman in it. She steals the show. Yes. Yes. Great. Vocally and with her acting, too. She's she's great. It's very much a Kathina Jimmy type. Mm -hmm. of Oh, that's great. Yes. Oh, I love that. Um, Uh, She's great. Great. Yeah. Jingle jangle. Jingle jangle. Oh, it's so good. Well, I, so what do I, so I did, you know, one of your, your, I think maybe your BSA of the week last week was the prom, the prom, <gasps> the prom. <laughs> and I did watch then I, I was like, okay, I'll watch it. And so I watched the prom and okay. man, that movie is, it, it's a, it, it is a, it is a, it's, it's like a weird combination sandwich and you're like, I think this works. I think <laughs> this is okay. Like. And I'm obviously I'm a very different audience, and and I can sure. be very I can be very harumph about musicals. But yes. the music was great. I felt like, oh yeah, I can see like, you know, uh, I, this is great the music. Draw for, yeah, the, yeah, certainly. Um, I don't know. Nicole Kidman might as well have been Bruce Willis in The Sixth Sense, like yeah, in terms of I'm like she so was actually fascinated. dead the whole time. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> what was she doing in this movie? I don't know. Uh, not even her, but like the character, like the, the character. character in the movie. Yeah, it's not Nicole's fault. It's just the character. I I did not understand why she was in it, other than they just needed someone else. Um, Meryl, of course, is great. Uh, Meryl's great. You know, I kept like trying to like place like who who is this woman? Like I, like trying to think of like. Yeah, like, thinking of like Meryl become like thinking of who she was and let them all talk. She was this like person. She was this you know, much older woman, yeah. uh, and much more stodgy. And I thought, okay, what, what is she doing here in this? Uh, like yeah. if I were to compare her to someone on Broadway now, like who is she doing a takeoff of, you know? Yeah. I mean, my only thought is like who originated the role, Beth level. So she won a Tony for drowsy chaperone. She like, I, I like there, there are no like grand dame divas of Broadway that I know of right now. Like, I feel like anyone, like those are, it's almost like this cartoony version of a diva, you know, mm-hmm. that's like the walks in. I like maybe Patty Lapone, but it's not Patty right. Lapone. But um, right, it it it's a little bit softer around the edges, but it, there's a similar, you know, thing. Yeah. Um, you know, James Corden. We texted about this a little bit, but like James yeah. Corden, I didn't have an issue with him playing gay or even, you know. In the movie, I thought he was fine. Like, as I said over text, I just kept wishing that it was played by Ross Matthews. And, like, genuinely, I think Ross Matthews, like, I don't know what his singing capacity is, but I wouldn't be mad at, at, you know, get Marnie Nixon. I don't care. Like, just, uh, you know, I think Ross (laughs) would have been perfect for this character. I Um, know. Oh, it is such a Ross Matthews type. Yeah. Uh, But that scene in the the hotel room between Meryl and James Corden, like... It was it's, so good. It was mm-hmm. so good. It was so good. And like for me, my kind of movie watching like was the reason to watch it was like, ooh, you two like delivered a moment here. And I I'm curious what that may have been like on Broadway, because it is kind of a it, it it works really well in a movie. And I'm curious if like those nuanced emotions read in like the Broadway version. Yeah, there is like some int- like the intimacy of the scene that they had in the hotel room might it's just different you know, different mediums, like so much of like what I felt makes, how do I say this? 
I think that this, in general, the show reads better on stage. It's meant for the stage, mm-hmm. and they like listening to the the cast recording too. Like it's pretty much like almost a carbon copy of like you know sometimes they change music or change like lines to make it fit, but um, it it's exactly just that. So, but that scene, like you said, does work really well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it was, you know, and all of the like choreographed dancing at the proms, I was like, oh, that's where I was thinking, oh God, on Broadway, this must have just been like a goop to, to oh, see this yeah. happen. Like, I thinking of like high school kids seeing this, like just, you know, this, this is, this is for them. Like those moments I just thought, oh, I can see for a certain audience, this is just fucking everything. Oh you yeah. Know? Like I would die if I got to do this show in high school. Mm. Like, oh my it, god like, yeah I, I mean i can imagine all the pta moms speaking of pta moms carrie washington is great in this i know she has such a small role mm-hmm. but she does well and like the scene at the end when she talks to her daughter and she says we have a lot to talk about mm-hmm. but if there's one thing i know she just says like you you are the most important thing in my life like that is just a beautiful scene and i'm glad she i'm glad she got that and a great voice yeah oh yeah she's great she can sell those little like you know, she can she can plug like thirty percent more emotion into a line than you yes. expect. Yeah, she's yeah. incredible. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was you know it was fun. It was like a weird. I'm glad just... you watched it. Yeah, I'm yeah, really glad yeah. you watched it. Yes. Um, it wasn't a miserable experience. I mean, like you know, uh, Tracy Ullman shows up like oh my God. <laughs> in a scene in a school hallway, and I was like, okay, whatever. Yeah, uh, it's, it was. It was like, is this the same movie? Her wig was so perfect. Right. I know it was such and like crazy a, at the same time. Yeah, yeah. It was you know just like I felt like it was like the Tracy Ullman show. Like she yes. would do that level of drag. Yeah. So, um, so I watched the prom. Yeah. Uh, and my other nominee would be. A podcast that I've been kind of like aware of on Twitter, but finally started listening to, but it is a Golden Girls podcast called Enough Wicker, which is a quote from the show. Uh, and uh, it's these two girls, and it's Lauren and Sarah, and they and like under a half hour, they do like a deep dive into an episode every week, and just like have a brilliant conversation about the Golden Girls, oh. and it's it is so like. I don't think it's a. I don't think it's got a huge audience yet, but I think it is like an undiscovered gem, if that's Yay. the case, because they are just like so smart, so funny. Uh, I mean, I don't know how they get a podcast under thirty minutes. I clearly cannot yeah, do that's that. Hard. That's really hard. But they just get right to it, and uh, it's great. And so, any fans of the Golden Girls who want like a real kind of like deep dive conversation that doesn't get too heavy or pretentious. It's also, it's just like, Oh, what a brilliant like way to see the show. But they also pick up on all the funny nuances and lines. So it's not heavy. Um, oh, it's a great enough, logo too. Yeah. Yeah. Enough wicker. Oh, it's so good. Um, so that's a strong recommend. And then my BSA of the week is, and I may have talked about this before, but I started, I had, I never really watched this show when I was younger. And then I finally watched almost all the seasons, maybe a year or two ago and was like, Oh wow, this show is incredible. Um, and I've since started rewatching some of the earlier seasons. So my BSA of the week is in particular, like seasons one through three of Roseanne. (gasps) Ooh, it is, and now I understand that she is a contentious figure, and this is yeah, one of those I situations know. we've talked about this with 
Woody Allen and, you know, with other directors or anything produced by Harvey Weinstein is like, do you separate, how do you separate, you know, uh, one from the other? And I think, you know, it, I think it's very possible. I think people are very frustrated with things that Roseanne Barr said in the last couple years. And I'm talking about something that she did 30 years ago, you know? Um, so, uh, one is removed from the other, but season like even like and i i when i first rewatched the or watched the series i'd started with season two but i went back and watched season one and i was like oh god it's just as good um roseanne is i highly recommended it. it's so much smarter than i ever thought it was mm-hmm. it's like in terms of thinking of like a sitcom in the late 80s like i i think this is a step above most other shows in terms of the the narratives in terms of the you know what happens in these stories and in these episodes the acting i mean roseanne barr is she's got great comedic delivery she you know she does what (laughs) she does really well yeah but you think about she is surrounded by john goodman and laurie metcalf yes who are i mean there's so there's one episode like the one i would recommend if you were like uh you know i don't know your experience with roseanne but if you wanted to get a taste of it one of my favorite episodes I've been wanting to do and in details on forever is um, it's like season three, episode maybe 16 or 15. It's called An Officer and a Gentleman. And it's an episode that Roseanne is mostly not in. She's only in like the beginning and the end. But she goes out of town because her father's in the hospital. And so, um, you know, Dan's home with the kids and Jackie, played by Lori Metcalf, you know, comes to, to help take care of the kids while Roseanne's away. And it's kind of like what happens to Jackie, you know, getting to be the housewife and and how she and Dan kind of connect. And it's just like the effect of these few days alone without Roseanne and like what happens to all of them. And there is in particular towards the end, there is a brilliant, brilliant scene between Laurie Metcalf and John Goodman that feels like you're watching theater. And I can't believe this was television in 1988, 1989. Like it is, it, it, it feels like you're watching these two like Steppenwolf theater, Chicago actors, you know, like it's that kind of thing. Yes. It's like, it's just so good. And so that would be my highest recommendation. Really the show is, I mean, it goes off the rails, I think later in the series, but, um, any of the first, you know, the, the first three seasons and almost any of those episodes is gold. And in particular, that one is um, j- some of Laurie Metcalf's just like finest work yes, on Roseanne. Yes, no more. I, is, yeah. it, is it available for anyone and myself too who is interested? Is it, What streaming platform do you find this on? It's all on Amazon Prime. Oh, nice. Great. Yeah. So I would say if you want some like really great, like, and John Goodman, oh my God. Yeah, he's incredible. He's incredible. Like Estelle I, Parsons too. Estelle oh Parsons God. is in it. Yeah, I mean, it's, and like throughout the series, like they had some just like great casting and like like Ned Beatty plays Dan's father and yeah, Estelle Parsons plays Roseanne's mother. and Natalie like, West. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh the, the indomitable Natalie West. She is so funny. We request uh, Natalie West. Yes, much. we request <laughs> Natalie West. She's, so <laughs> fabulous um and like sarah gilbert as darlene and and, yes. and becky like they're just it's so well done and so yeah i really very strongly recommend watching roseanne in the early seasons but if anything the officer and a gentleman episode is uh just oh my god incredible yay roseanne 
Roseanne. Yeah. Uh, so all of that, you know, I understand what she said on Twitter. This is it. It's it only it only really makes me more disappointed that like. I think Roseanne's had, and not to get into a tangent on Roseanne while we're wrapping things up, I think she's had a lot of demons in her life. And it's it's just, it's so like, oh, for someone who could be at the, the center of such a brilliant, like, examination of, like, you know, middle America and, and you know, lower income families yeah. and, like, watching that show, you forget that it's a TV show. Like, it, again, yes. it's like Lazy Susan where there's so many details to the the set and the outfits you know the costuming and the and just the way they interact that feels so real and so it's just like so disappointing that someone who could be at the center of that you know could you know also get the, the yeah get the the themselves to the point yeah. right right and she's like oh like it's we you were know rooting for you <laughs> yeah we were all rooting for you you know yeah. it's just a it's a shame so um but are. before yeah before we get completely canceled for any celebration of Roseanne Barr we are <laughs> conveniently being played off yes so uh, while we are being played off where can folks find more of you oh uh, well they can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Nick Kachanov and I wanted to mention that I'm starting a new podcast Colin even though you pause the know. music pause the music pause everybody record scratch um, after it's the podcast that i was born to do and i put it off for many years and i'm finally it's time that i start the good vanilla which is a barefoot contessa i guess if you want to call it a recap podcast but it's more of a discussion <laughs> an mm -hmm. open discussion and diagnosis of uh just i don't want to say each and every episode there are a lot of them but i am gonna i mean which is a a great problem to have but i'm kind of just skipping around and watching episodes that make sense to me or that i stumble on and just kind of talking about it and it's been such a joy i have two episodes already recorded and i'm thrilled and so that's going to be coming up in the next couple of weeks i'll give you all some more details but i cannot wait it's it's really exciting and i'm i'm very much looking forward to it i'm very excited i i hope that there is some appreciation or discussion of the music of the barefoot oh, contessa yes because yes. there's the theme music which is lush i yes. think Hans zimmer did that but then there is the like ina getting busy the music music there's the jazzy music i talk about she's it like, in my second episode oh thank yes. god yes. oh thank god and at some point there needs to be a discussion of her juicer because that thing is 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 it's great yeah loud and aggressive and she i'm Ina's juicer is always She'll a talk moment. right over it. Yeah. Yeah. It, and it always just sounds like it's just like werewolves that she has screaming in her basement. Yeah. yeah. Um, maybe uh, it's just yes. Jeffrey. But uh, I'm very excited about this. Yes. The yeah. Good Vanilla. I, um, this, this needs to happen. Yes. And, more uh, to come. I'm excited. More to come. And I am open to having guests. I, I, am, I'm, I think it's going to be structured like, uh, kind of taking a, a, a page from Amanda Kaczynski on her Teen Mom podcast, too. Like, most of them, the majority of them are done solo, but she's open for guests and mm -hmm. welcomes them with open arms, too. So I'm excited for that as well. So, yay. A couple more weeks. Well, yay. should be up and running. Yeah. Oh, well, 2021. Not going to be so bad after all. Now, is yes. it? How about um, you, Colin? Where can we find more of y'all? Well, you can keep playing us off. All right. Well, <laughs> uh, you can, of course, find more of me on uh, my other two podcasts in the details, A Celebration of Nuance. I didn't quite get to those Cherishing Valerie's this month. That's but okay. 
give me a break 2020 uh that's just it'll be a way to start 2021 yeah um and of course you can find me on all right married you know we're about to dive into season 13 of drag race and not long after season two of uh drag race uk um you can find me on Twitter at Colin Drucker, Instagram at Colin Drucker underscore. And of course, you can, get, you can get more of both of us in a best supporting capacity at BSA Pod on Twitter. Or you can send us an email at thebsapod at gmail.com. Uh, yeah. And uh, thank you, of course, for, you know, spending this year with us, uh, queening out on best supporting actresses. And um, yeah. I don't know what next week or next year is going to look like, but I am so excited for another year of bsas yes celebrating it's like if we were thinking ahead we probably should have did like you know best of 2020 episode maybe that's next week or something like maybe that. uh that'd be nice i don't know that could be fun uh well folks this is what we call what a cliffhanger think? what do you think <laughs> um i had a question but also a cliffhanger because who yep. knows if we're gonna listen um <laughs> But uh, stay tuned. And that, as they say, is that. <laughs>